Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA side on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC side on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. We are in person Sitting right next to each other. How you doing, David? You're okay. I'm doing great. Never better. Never better. Never better. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. This is the best I've ever felt in my life here at 36. I'm very impressed. Never felt better. That's tough. To, that's tough to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. No, like childhood, never, never did I feel this good. <laughs> Early and, 20s, God no. Right yeah. now, right here with you, Ryan Abraham. Let's do it. I love it. All right. Well, we're excited for the show. Uh, we got to wish a happy anniversary to a one George Klyavkov. He's the Pac-12 commissioner. Uh, he takes over on July 1st. He took over on July 1st, 2021. So we are approaching that date. We're recording this on, uh, what's today? Tuesday, uh, June 28th. So what's, couple... the, what's the first anniversary gift? Uh, that's paper, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Did you get him anything? Uh, no, I haven't got him anything. We'll see him at the Pac-12 Media Day. Should we write him a note? I think we should probably write him on paper. paper? On paper, yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good. Um, yeah, but happy anniversary to George Klyavkov. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of questions. We just did a show late last week, but there's a few things we wanted to talk about, some topics. Might be a quick show. We always say that, and then it ends up not being a quick show. But if you have any topics, questions, concerns, complaints, Pac-12podcast at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of. Yeah, sure. We get some, we get some of those. Do we encourage them? Uh, I don't know if we encourage them, but we, we maybe by our by our actions we encourage them. So, like, I guess it's a it's a it's a you know it's it's a semantic issue. I, I, complaints? I don't want to hear those. I don't want to hear your whining. I don't want to hear your complaining. Insults? Yes, I want to hear those. Insults are good. Yeah. Okay. Just vile, um, you know, degradation of our entire output as people. That's cool. So like Complaints? If, I don't want to hear those. You don't want to hear someone say, David, you say like too much. Yeah, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear yeah. that. I don't want to hear, um, oh, man, the audio quality this week sucked. No, I don't want to hear your whining. It should be ideal this week because we are in person. I want to hear how much you hate us. Mm. And why we suck and why we're dumb. Right. Because it's and we don't know anything. Because that's funny because you listen. 
True. But the other part, that's not funny. You have to listen to know we don't know anything. Exactly. Right. So it's good. We love that. Uh, but packedwellpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe not complaints, but all the other stuff you can do. You could also call or I mean, text complaints us. are fine, too, especially slow week. Yeah. Uh, call or text us, 424-532-0678. I can't believe June is almost done. July, there'll be a whole bunch of stuff going on. We don't have a plan for what the podcast is doing. We keep doing it every week, though. You know, we are doing Why? that. Who knows? And no, we haven't been. We've skipped, like, I want to say three of the last seven weeks. Really? Did we skip that many? Yeah, you keep going to Catalina, like, every goddamn weekend. I go a lot. Yeah. I do like going. Suddenly, I get a text message from Ryan. Hey, we have to record today, or else I'm going to be in Catalina again. That's on usually a boat. not the thing. Uh, usually, it's... I give you some notice. It's the day you before. Don't respond. It's the day before with some regularity. And you don't respond, usually. Look... Look, I'm going to say for for the first 19 years of this podcast, what Ryan is saying is dead on. The last six <laughs> months, I get so many text messages the night before where it's like, hey, we have to record tomorrow. Okay. Well, I have like other responsibilities in my life no besides besides your schedule of vacations, your like carefully planned schedule that seems to pop up at the last minute every single week. Yeah, I like my vacations. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. good. No, I love it. Um, all right, where were we? Okay, you can also tweet us at Pac-12 Podcast. You go to our website. Do people still do that. Yeah, we still. There's a Twitter going on. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, you should check it sometime. Uh, I usually have to like say something that David would disagree with on the Twitter to get him to check the Twitter. Well, so if I see a lot of replies coming through because I still get the notifications. Okay. Um, I still actually am logged into the Pac-12 Podcast Twitter at all times on my phone. And I get notifications, and if I start getting frequent notifications, I then look and see, well, what what stupid shit has Ryan tweeted today? <laughs> and invariably, it's, you know, Ryan has accidentally retweeted a Nazi, and then I have to go in there and say, hey, oh, crap. <laughs> I don't think I've done that, thankfully. But anyway, uh, you can also go get us over on the Reddits. Hey, I said accidentally. Right. Reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. And then you can follow us. Give us a five-star rating, a review over on the Apple Podcasting app. So if you have an iPhone, you have an iPad, heck, you have a MacBook, you get that Apple Podcasting app. It's really easy. Go in there, help us out, leave us a review. Follow us if you don't follow us because you want to make sure when we get you know, new episodes come out. And we don't have like a set schedule, so it's, we, it's like a surprise. It's like Christmas. Hey, we got a new podcast of champions coming out. Leave us a review. Five stars, only five stars. And then you can say whatever you want about us, and we will read it as long as it has five stars. Literally, you could call us the scum of the earth, like the worst people on the planet. But if you leave us five stars, we will read it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And if you don't leave five stars, even if it's a very positive review, but it's like a four-star review, not going to read it. No. Did we get one of those? No. Okay, good. We've received nothing new. Well, we just, yeah, we just recorded a few days ago. I feel like sometimes the Apple Podcasting app, too, like, like a whole bunch flushed through at once or something. Like you're like, oh. Okay. Are there five out of five podcasts out there? Because we've been stuck at 4.8 forever. And I can't find a 4.9 or a five anywhere. Anywhere on any pod. Yeah. Like, because there's going to be people that leave a one. It's just going to bring the average down. So we have um, our five stars. I would say that makes up 90, it looks like 90% of our reviews. Uh, One star is the next most, which is probably, looks like, I don't know, four or five percent. And then it's four stars. Mm. Not too many three and two stars. No. Yeah. You either you either love us or you hate us. 
Well, there's just people that are, there's people that want to be contrary and they're like, I'm going to leave a one star. When, it happens all the time. Like if you read a, like a Amazon review, like you wanted to buy, I don't know, like a, a baking pan or something like oh, Dave's want to bake some bread. He's like, and someone leaves a one star review because like the UPS driver was mean, you know, like, like that doesn't help. Like that, that's, that's not have anything to do with the baking pan. Yeah. Uh, so some people just want to say something mean or whatever they did. They had a bad day, so you're going to get a one star and just kind of. I would say um, in recent years, the last two or three years, invariably, invariably, the one star review is somebody who is not happy with me having said something uh, political on this podcast. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You think so? Mm. Well, no, just. I, I think I've got very mainstream views um, that probably I, I, I can't imagine anyone being rubbed wrong by them. It is a great thing that you can piss off conservatives and liberals with your views. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guy. No, I can, I, can, I can really thread a needle right through the hearts of many. Like, you could say something and some, yeah, like something anti-conservative and some liberals like, yeah, David, yeah. And, and then, and then you, I you, share my thoughts on Barack Obama. And then you rip them down and they're like, oh, I thought you were on my side. Like, nope, on nobody's side, you know, like. Um, yeah, so sometimes people get mad at stuff like that. It's weird. Mm. People get people get mad about politics in this country. It's very strange. It is, yeah, it's very strange. There doesn't seem to be a lot of political stuff going on right now in this country. So that's no, weird. no, no. I would say we're at a very uh, we're at a period of comedy and bonhomi. Bon, bonhomi. Yes. Okay. There's the fuck is that word? <laughs> bonhomi. <laughs> oh boy, off the rails already. Okay. Uh, well, we want to do a little, uh, you know, congratulations. I don't think we can play like happy birthday music or like because it's like you know copyrighted. But uh, happy anniversary to uh, our, our our fearless leader, George Klyovkov, who won me over the first time he met me and said, "You guys are the podcast that says you have more listeners in the Pac-12 network or something like that." Like that's literally the first words out of his mouth to me when I met him in person. Uh, hopefully we get to talk to him again uh, at Pac-12 Media Day coming up uh, later in July. But one year, and it's been a crazy year. If you've been reading a lot of George Klyovkov, um interviews, uh, if you felt if you felt like you've been reading a lot of them, it's because you have. A lot of people are doing the one year in review thing. We've definitely wanted to talk to him. We haven't had a chance to yet. I figured we'll do it either at Pac-12 Media Day or sometime in July after the year thing, like wears off a little bit because there's been a lot of stuff going on. We have uh, John Wilner did a sit down Q and a Q&A with him. I'll, uh, we can go over some of the topics for that, but just since he took over, I mean, cultural ball landscape has been completely changed. I, I call it like it was, it was a silly, it was a silly sport, right? Like it was crazy. It's, it's insane now. Like the, how much different it is just a year in like day one was NIL, like the, the whole like all the states passing laws and the NCAA kicking the can down the road and just basically sending out an email with like three lines on it says, okay, you can do NIL now. Follow state's rules. Try not to uh, do paper play and uh, peace out. And it just became craziness. So that was his first day. Yeah, at, uh, Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. That was pretty big. He had like four power brokers in the sport release a 12-team college football playoff that kind of after the sec news bob bowlsby and and uh and the sec fighting over and all that stuff and then everyone backs off that they don't want to do the playoff and they try to work through it for months and they're just shelf that um just been a lot of crazy ass shit going on during his first year 
Uh, and apparently a lot, you know, if you, I think uh, Kenzano, someone did a, a kind of breakdown of some of his other jobs. Like every time he takes over some, some company, it's always like, it's just, in, it's in, an insane mess. So he's, uh, he's used to it, but it's, it's definitely not been smooth sailing. So, um, I mean, I can't imagine what a year of Larry Smith would have been like in this, the, the, the world, the tum- tumult around college football. Uh, I mean, it'd be pretty nutty. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, very crazy time. And meanwhile, I mean, the Pac-12 was doing so well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, well, a little basketball, some some good basketball. Yeah, I meant in the sport that matters. The football one, yeah. Right, right. Uh, no, the, the Pac-12 was, was awful. Literally, really, really I think bad. among maybe literally the worst it's ever been or pretty close to it. Yeah. Uh, so he's taken over that. But – I loved, um, and I don't know if he's going to work out and and fix everything. I feel pretty confident he's going to, you know, do a really good job and kind of put the Pac-12 in the best possible, you know, place considering where you're starting from. If he'd taken over five years ago, I think it'd be a different story. But just acknowledging that, like, hey, you know, um, if we stink in football and basketball. The solution isn't to talk about softball and lacrosse and stuff and, and water polo. It's that's nice. Like those are things that are good to have, but that's not the solution. And that that was basically Larry Scott's solution was like, well, let's emphasize the other sports we're good at. Where did you say Larry Smith earlier? Did I say Larry Smith? Larry Scott. Hopefully, I didn't. Say no, Larry this Smith. past time you said Larry Scott, but I'm I'm just now processing some of what you said a few minutes ago. You're a little, you're like on uh, delay. Yeah, a little bit. Um, My apologies if I said Larry Smith. Please let me know. Please let me know. Not Ryan. Let me know via Mm -hmm. at Pac-12 podcast because that's the best way to contact me. uh, Whether Ryan said Larry Smith. Okay. Let me know. Uh, And I got rid of the uh, the Larry like the Larry Scott you know Champagne Larry. Really? You retired it? I mean, what do we? We don't really want to talk about him anymore. I guess we're just talking about him now because it's the anniversary. But didn't we have one for Klyavkov that was like an AK-47? We've got Kalashnikov. Got it. Very good. Uh, happy anniversary, George. Um, very, I mean, just, I mean, no joking. Like I'm happy with the job he's been doing so far. And I feel like, you know, the big stuff is coming. The media rights deal, like is what everyone's going to judge him on. Um, but it's very similar to me, David, when, you know, Mike Bone took over at USC, you had just horrible, horrible, horrible leadership and the fans want it fixed day one so they wanted to get rid of clay helton and all that stuff and he had a plan and he had a lot of singles but fans wanted him to come in and hit a grand slam right away he eventually hit the grand slam got lucky whatever you get lincoln riley it's a big one but it took a while and you have to kind of hit a bunch of singles first before you set up the the beginning and i i feel like clay is in a similar situation where there's a whole bunch of low-hanging fruit like oh do we need eight million dollars a year in rent no get rid of that like he made some really good decisions but the home run or the grand slam isn't going to come until the media rights deal. And that's the big one. And I think he's going to do the best job he possibly can, but it might, I don't know. It still might not be good enough. I mean, it'll have to be good enough. Well, I mean, be good enough for what? Yeah. Yeah. It's good enough for what it is. Um, the best you can do is good enough. It's very, uh, it's like on a fortune cookie or something. No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> so there's a there's a Pac-12 reality that there's always going to be a, a cap on what you can get in the Pac-12 compared to what the Big Ten or the SEC is going to get. Like, true. 
And um, is any Pac-12 school going to pay $9.5 million for a quarterback? A high school quarterback? No. Are they ever? Like, ever. And frankly, do you want them to? Like, do you want that to be the going rate for a quarterback in the Pac-12 for, like, boosters to be paying that money? Do you even buy? I don't don't buy that that number's real even. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot. That's unfortunate because like these numbers just get thrown out there, and once someone throws a number out, it becomes like gospel. Like this was reported, it was nine and a half million. Like I, I don't know. I, I mean, highly doubt that. But. Mandel apparently saw a contract in like March that was for several million dollars. For I think that was the uh, uh, the Tennessee quarterback. I think that was like legit. Like it was. But it that, was been, that was eight million dollars. Yeah, that could have been like up to eight if it's like four years or something yeah well so uh, i guess my point is like there's a lot of money out there yeah there's a lot of money and the thing is it's not just the media rights deal like if this gets into booster territory where it's the boosters and like i mean this is the point i was making last week these are the the crazy people who are doing this with absolutely no roi pac-12 doesn't have as many of those guys who are interested in the programs i mean it goes back to the like fan support thing booster support is Roughly the same. Yeah, some of the schools have some big money boosters, but some of the schools, I mean, they do who will like help fund a building, but are they going to pay, you know, several million dollars a year for players that they otherwise would have gotten in any previous cycle without paying money and um, see no ROI from it? I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. It's one thing to have your name on a building. What are you going to do when a guy stays for three years? And then, like, bails. Yeah. What? You funded that. Okay, great. What do you get for that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's legacy stuff to do if you're a big moneyed person. You know, you can get your get your plaque, get your building. But what are you going to do if it's just for getting a guy into school that, like, literally five years ago, you wouldn't have had to... You probably still would have went to that school, but then... Right. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's definitely... I mean, obviously, college football, college athletics is changing rapidly so well i guess my point is for the kliavkov thing yeah the media rights deal is a big deal for the schools but uh talent acquisition is going to be the name of the game and that's not dependent on the media rights deal true um that is not and we'll see and i I think if the pac-12 can get into a secure third place like you're not going to scratch the sec or the big 10 we talked about this before but there's a great i mean the big 12 is in you know some you know they're in some turmoil, right? They're moving around. They're right. they're going to eventually lose their two marquee programs. I think they did a good job of, um, you know, backfilling uh, what they could. And uh, I think it wasn't Bruce. Somebody t- the uh, tweeted out this week that Rock Nation COO uh, Brett Yormack is he's expected to take over as the next Big Twelve commissioner. So that's Jay Z's company. So that's who they're looking at. Um, so another kind of splashy higher like from you know a different world like entertainment kind of world which you know maybe they go along maybe that's a good sign they kind of like the Klyovkov model what you hired and you know similar I think there's similarities uh, with what the Big 12 is doing but the ACC has this horrible horrible TV deal that they're locked into for a long time so it's a good opportunity for the Pac-12 to kind of emerge as the number three conference um, that would be a I think that would be a major accomplishment if you can just kind of set yourself there and you know, you might not even be in with spitting distance of the SEC or the Big Tw- Big Ten, but 
you know. That's why I don't think third place matters. I mean, you've got to... The thing is, I think anything where ACC and Big 12 and the Pac-12 are going to be able to wring concessions out of the SEC and the Big 10 as far as negotiating for, you know, what a playoff should look like, all that kind of stuff, is going to have to require them to work collectively. Uh, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-12 to exert some sort of influence over the SEC and the Big 10. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it matters being third or being fifth, um, as long as you guys are, as long as the, the bottom three are within spitting distance of each other. Um, and that is, but that's the only way they're going to be able to exercise any kind of power and leverage is to work together, which they're doing. Yeah. No, they're, they're trying. Um. All right. Well, there's if you like I said, there's been a lot of interviews. I think uh, Nicole Auerbach sat down with Klyovkov, uh, our buddy John Wilner. We should get him on pretty soon. We haven't spoken to John in a while. We yeah, we should get him on. Um, he did an interview with Klyovkov, who I feel like none of the interviews I've, I've felt like have recently have been like a whole bunch of stuff is getting kind of revealed. It's just you know I think he knows too. It's like he'll say the right things. He you know I think he's. Um, forthright and in the issues the conference is facing, what they're trying to do and all that. He's not really revealing a whole lot about the media rights deal, which I think a lot of people are looking at. But a couple of notes from the interview I want to share with you and we can chat about. Um, so one of the things he was talking to Wilner about was kind of looking at the overall collegiate model. And he kind of went through some different phases where it's essentially you have the big subsidizing the small you know if it's uh there's big conferences and they kind of help the small conferences there's in within a conference you have the ohio states and the alabamas and they help out the purdue's and the vanderbilts and um so there's a, that's sort of like the model that's been like accepted and like you know the football sports the basketball sports they help water polo and tennis um is that sustainable? So that's something he's, it, from what he was saying, it sounded like a lot of people are kind of questioning it now. Like, should this be the way it is? Or he's talking about football being like a separate, you know, being, you know, separate from some of the other sports. So it seems like that's where he's kind of pushing towards. Um, but it is like this model where, you know, the big is just subsidizing the small in a lot of aspects. Well, yeah, but that's the way all these things that's the only way they'll work. Otherwise, you won't have the small sports. Right. The small sports need that. They need the revenue. Yeah. Um, the they, small conferences need the bigger conferences. Well, and, and but at the end of the day, for the sustainability of the bigger teams and the bigger conferences, they also need the to prop up the lesser teams and the lesser conferences. Yeah. Right? Because if, if UCLA um, doesn't have, you know, Mountain West teams to play, or, you know, the SEC doesn't have Sunbelt teams to play every year, then what, what does the sport look like? Right. Um, so, it, I don't know. It gets, it, it gets into this, um, you know, and there's, there's broader applications of any kind of revenue sharing beyond just sports. But, uh, you know, you need all these things to work together in concert. Um, and I think for Klyavkov, I mean, I, I'd be interested to hear what he thinks that's going to end up looking like. Um, because... You're going to then end up with a bunch of cut sports at a lot of these schools um, because they won't be able to sustain themselves on their own revenue. Yeah. The uh, the interesting part, because people talk about, okay, well, what if you just picked like 36 of the best programs and they all played football and they just played each other 
And it's yeah, it's, it's called the NFL. It looked like the NFL. I think the thing is when you have this kind of model, if you're like old miss and you're like an okay team, you could still go six and six and make a bowl game. Like if you're an okay team and like that 30 and they're part of that 36, like you're going one and 11 or something. Right. And that's going to be a tough, and you might not be, I mean, talent wise, skill wise, like you might be similar, but now you're just only playing Penn state and Auburn and Oregon. Like those are the only teams you're playing. Right. And, so that would be a lot tougher because no, fa- those fan bases aren't used to. I mean, you can you can be the Rams and be terrible one year and then you know go to the Super Bowl the next, like in the NFL. But you're not used to that in college football. You're not used to being like really awful. Like when it happens, well, and why the it's hell? A big deal. Why the hell would Ole Miss sign up for that? I mean, sure, the money might be pretty good coming into the school, but there's more to it than just the money coming into the school. Um, the Rams sign up for it because there's a salary cap, there's parity, there's all this other crap that goes into it Yeah, that makes it so that you can be competitive again within a couple of years. You've got the draft. The draft, I mean, for all of its anti-labor aspects of it, it is an equalizer for the teams. You know, you do reverse the order, and so the worst team gets the first pick. Yeah. Um, that'll never happen. I mean, the the... the Alabama and Georgia's boot will be stamping on your face for eternity. Um, and it's just, why would you ever sign up for that if you're Ole Miss? Um, it's not sustainable at the college level unless you completely change the model. Like You have to completely change the model and make it a semi-pro league yeah. to add in all the aspects that make it worthwhile for the lesser teams. Even like the Alabamas and the Ohio States of the world aren't used to lose. Like You could be like a really good Alabama team, but if that's all you're playing... yeah. And you go like nine and three. You're like, what? The? But you might be the best team in the country. Well, and but you're the, just playing everybody. More, everyone's good. The more you make college football like pro football, and I'm not talking about paying the players. The players should absolutely be paid. But the more you make it like pro football, I think the the comparisons between pro and college football become more stark. Which is the quality of play in pro football is a lot better than in college football. Yes. Um, and if you end up just professionalizing the entire thing, where they're you know, only playing each other and you're watching, you know, an eight and four Alabama team instead of a 12 and 0 Alabama team. And they're getting, you know, their ass kicked occasionally. Uh, Why am I watching this? I could watch the Panthers do the exact same thing. And it's a much better quality product. Yeah. And it might, it could change the quality. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there was a lot of changes this year. There's going to be more. We'll yeah. see what you know how much the collegiate model stands up, how long it stands up, because there are definitely going to be changes. There needs to be some foresight from the people in charge to understand the sustainability of the sport itself um, and what needs to happen to maintain something that is different. Um, because I think you can, but it requires making some, I think, tough choices at the jump because it can't just be simple pursuit of profit. The maximum profit right now is probably doing some form of Super League but that version of the sport probably becomes nothing within 10 years. Like it probably dies. Yeah, like it could be great for a while and then it's yeah. just not going to – Yeah, I mean it might work, but there's a lot – there's risk of it you know, ruining the sport that we love. Um, and one of the things we talked about, and I haven't heard this as much, and we're starting to hear this – if you talk about recruiting, especially we cover high school football and here in California – that COVID hangover, I think, affected the West Coast more. Like not being able to play those games, not having spring practices, um, not just in football, but I think a lot of the sports where the Pac-12 usually dominates. I think they they won the same amount of championships this year than some of the other leagues are tied. You know, um, he talked about that being like this COVID hangover where it did hurt 
the the West Coast uh, more than the other sports, and kind of in football, it, you know, certainly you kind of put further behind, but in some of the Olympic sports, sort of like narrowed the gap, I guess you could say. Um, I don't know, do you buy that, like the COVID hangover thing, that it might take a couple of years to to get over that, really stopping playing sports for for a while here on the West Coast? Yeah, and I. I think there's a lot of um, COVID hangover effects that haven't been fully investigated. Um, but one, so that's a major one. Um, I think the West Coast obviously got impacted more because um, they shut down a lot more. Yeah. But um, the other one that I don't think anyone has really done a deep dive on is the COVID eligibility rules and what that has meant for high school athletes. Because the COVID eligibility rules are keeping a lot of guys in college longer, keeping scholarships occupied longer, um, and some schools are not. We talked about this when this was being proposed. Yeah. But what effect has that had on this past senior class and the senior class before it, and senior classes still to come? Because you know, all anybody who was in school during 2020 is eligible for an extra year of of college, um, and a lot of guys. I know at UCLA, a lot of guys have taken them up on it. Yeah. Um, what does that mean for that those classes of seniors? Have they are a lot more guys taking gap years? And I'm not talking about obviously the top tier players; they're still getting recruited. But like the, you know, the the crappy three stars that fill out Hawaii's roster or whatever. Like, <laughs> did those guys are they taking a gap year instead? Are they? Um, did they all have to drop down an extra level? Is FCS football going to be a lot better this coming year? Um, did a lot of guys who otherwise would have had um, you know, athletic possibilities in college, are they not going to have them? A lot of guys uh, who were going to go to college, are they not able to? Um, guys and girls, I should say. Um, there's just a lot of uh, lot of ramifications of it that I don't think, um, I mean, I think there'd be a worthwhile story that I'm not going to do, but I'd love to read about it um, because it seems like there's a, probably a huge impact from this um, on athletics that's just not, really being talked about even like players you know highly ranked players that joined usc ucla oregon whoever um they might not have been as good coming in because they were like didn't get to play football for over a year there's that too and then there's also i mean i was doing it um ucla just got a quarterback commitment so i was doing the commitment analysis um for this guy and i'm looking at the rest of the quarterback depth chart and i'm like wait each of these guys still still has besides dorian each of these guys still has at least three years of eligibility right now. Yeah. So the playing time for like a true freshman coming into a school this year, who knows when you're going to play? Right. Could be um, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's guys who started school in 2020 who might be in the same eligibility as you coming in in 2022. Um, it's weird. Yeah, they're like a redshirt freshman, and you're a true freshman. Right, you know? but if you're both playing at the same time, like say the true freshman uh, doesn't ever take a redshirt year, yeah. then you're at the same level of eligibility as the guy who started school two years earlier. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of crazy ramifications for the the people who came after, um, where they're going to be, uh, you know, fair or not, but they're going to be at a severe disadvantage compared to um, people who graduated high school a year earlier or people who graduated three years later. Um, yeah, it's, it's like be a holding weird, people back. Like you've, it's you, a weird yeah. generation of of athletics. Yeah. One of the other things we talked about, and I totally agree with this, is there's a better alliance between the conference and the campuses. And I think one of the biggest criticisms, and there were many, of uh, Larry Scott, he talked to the presidents, he talked to his bosses, and that he kept tried to keep them happy. 
and didn't really care what the athletic directors had to say, even though it's such a huge part of everything. And that's definitely not been the case. Klavkov in many interviews talked about the travel. You know, he's been traveling to all the different campuses and, and checking all that stuff out. So I definitely agree with that. There's a lot better. There's just some synergy between, you know, the, the athletic directors, the you know, each of the campuses and the conference office that doesn't exist anymore. But he's still in Vegas. But yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was good, too. That is good. Um, Wilner also, that's why, again, we have to talk him on. Um, so the, the top of the Pac-12 power st- structure is getting a makeover. So there's a three-person executive committee in the Pac-12, which directs the agenda for the full board of presidents and chancellors. So this is like not the athletic directors. This is the presidential level. So there's going to be a new leader, a new member. So uh, Washington President uh, Anna Marie Koss? Kose, uh takes over as the chairperson. So she's the boss of all the bosses. Um, and it used to be Michael Schill, uh, the Oregon. So the Pac-12, the Pac-12 no longer needs a shill? No more shills. Um, so his executive committee. Do you, do you see what I did there? I did, yeah. yeah. No shills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So shills gone. No more shills. Um, Stanford president uh, is coming in. Uh, Mark Tesseri. Lavangi, I don't know. Um, Levine. Levine. Oh, is that Levine? Nice. Like Avril. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, buddy. Whatever. Uh, next in line. So he's going to take over for Shill's spot. And then Kirk Schultz from Washington State will stay. Had no trouble with that one, did you? Nope. Uh, so he's going he's gonna to leave his campus position, but he's going to stay for another year there. So, um, yeah. So little shake up at the top. It's still kind of north focused. All these are north teams, even though we don't really we're not gonna have like divisions and stuff anymore. Uh, but not all Pacific Northwest, at least. Now we have a California school in there with Stanford. Yeah, great. You care a lot. About no, I don't. Don't give a shit. You don't care about it at all. Um, speaking of divisions, there was a little. You mentioned this before the ACC news. So they did announce starting in 2023. No more divisions. They they had a weird one too. Like the the Big Ten had the worst. Like when they did leaders and legends, like that was awful. Um, ACC had what like the coastal and Atlantic or something. Yeah, which is the on the coast. Thing? I, yeah. wouldn't, it seems I don't know. That was a weird one. But no more. They're going to do a three three five scheduling model, and uh, so they they have each team will have like three primary opponents. Um, so like Clemson three five five right three. It says three three five. Uh, on the on the tweet, I guess. No, it's three five five. Is it three five five? Okay. Yeah. Um. So that that was. So they have person. three primary opponents, and then the other ten teams in the league, they'll play them on a five and five uh um split. So okay. Within four years, they will play every one of those other teams home and away. Gotcha. Okay. So like Clemson has um their main primary opponents are Florida State, Georgia Tech. And uh, North Carolina State. So, you know, if you're Pitt, you play BC, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. Those are your primary opponents. So everyone has three primary opponents, and then you swap the other five out. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Uh, Yeah, so we'll hear what the the Pac-12 does. We know that they're getting rid of divisions, but then what do they do for the schedule? Is it a pod thing? Whatever. We'll we'll figure that out at some point. Going to an 11-game conference schedule, one non-conference opponent every year. Full round robin. Mm. Hell yeah, baby. You like it? Yeah, love it. You're probably not going to have it. 
one last uh, aspect of it. So 24-7 Sports did a top 11 college football games for 2022. So they kind of give quick previews of those. And we got a couple games that involve Pac-12 teams. Coming at number 11, they had Utah going to Oregon. That's on November 19th. My birthday. That's your birthday? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, If you remember, Utah, like, just plastered Oregon twice last year. Yeah. This one will be in Eugene. Um, You know, both these teams could be in the playoff picture. Um, Both expected to be high-end finishers in the the Pac-12, and they both open against SEC opponents. Um, So some similarities there, you know. So we'll see. Utah's got a lot of guys coming back. Obviously, you know, culture's not changing. Everything's pretty much stable in Utah and Oregon. Complete remake, you know, makeover. So that'll be a good one. And then they have the number three one, uh, USC at Utah. How is this number three? I don't know. That's the one I don't get. I think because getting rid of the division aspect of it, now it's like if these two teams... You could flip them, though, I think. Yeah, flip this. Um, Utah at Oregon feels more like three, and USC at Utah is 11, because USC is USC right now is just intriguing. Like, yeah, you could talk yourself into it, but are they are they definitely going to be like yeah. one of the main contenders in the league? We have no idea at this point. They could be a three or four lost team by the time they play. Making that one be- of the third, the third best college football game in th- this coming year, that means it's right up there with, like, I don't know, various SEC clashes and crap. Right which this list had a lot of in there. Right. Um, you know, but I guess there's some, they talk about dark horse playoff buzz and all that stuff because of Riley and the overhaul of the roster, but you just don't know. We don't know if it's going to work. Um, so we'll see. I, you know, one of the things that doesn't get mentioned a lot, cause they, you know, you mentioned the sec, you know, okay. Oregon and Georgia, like I get, if you're not going to say that's going to be good because like you think Georgia, I mean, Georgia's the champion, they're going to shellac Oregon, but you know, Utah at Florida, I guess maybe because Florida is not like an elite type of program either. But um, I mean, those are really kind of intriguing games to me. And I, I just haven't seen them mentioned a lot. I don't even think when we did the uh, the the 100 game of the year lines for Las Vegas, I don't think they had um, either one of those. Yeah, they didn't have. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's hard to um, it's hard to do those kinds of lists. So, yeah, you know, but but the, I, I don't think the. I'm glad that they mentioned the the SEC clashes with two of the top programs in the conference. Um, obviously, those are huge. You know, they, the Pac-12 for as bad as the Pac-12 did last year, they the the early weeks they did well with the. I mean, there were some bad like losing to Montana and stuff, not good. But you know, beating Ohio State in the road, beating LSU, um, you need a couple of those or, or just be competitive. So uh, just to get some momentum, Pac-12 had the momentum last year and lost it. Because of a bunch of bad losses, but you know teams like BYU and stuff just beating Pac-12 teams relentlessly. Um, all right, that's all. Do you have anything else? No, I'm David? tapped. I'm tapped on topics. Sweet. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll get to your questions. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right. We're back here on the POC. Uh, let's see. What do we got for questions, David? Um, we've got one from uh, some weird email. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Uh, Question for the podcast. What is the bigger smokescreen? Kyrie Irving considering the Lakers or Jack Jones considering UCLA? Okay. So he's talking about Jack Jones, the the five-star DB that went to USC and transferred to ASU. From like 15 years ago. Like this was a long time ago. It was seven years ago. Um, Uh, Apparently he's like going to start for the Patriots too. Yeah. The well-traveled Jack Jones. Um, So here's... So I, I'm trying to remember the story of Jack Jones's recruitment. Mm. I think it was one of those situations where he like visited UCLA like pretty late, maybe after committing to USC, and there was some like, oh, maybe he's gonna come. And then it was like maybe even after he enrolled or was like going to like what was the early decision? He was something like that. I think so, yeah. And it was something like, oh, maybe he's gonna come to UCLA, and then it was it was obvious that he wasn't. Um I don't remember the exact details. Kyrie Irving, it, I didn't pay attention to a little bit of it at all. But you didn't he, pay attention to a little bit of it at Not all. even anything. Okay. Not even an ounce of my attention was paid to this. It was uh, on like the, the, the shows, you know, uh, people were talking about it, that he could come to the Lakers. On the telly? On the telly. On your programs? If you watch those programs, the kids don't watch them anymore. They watch YouTube stuff. But if you watch like the... The shows that are on like ESPN or FS1, that was coming up a lot. Um, even after it was like announced that he was going to opt in with the Nets again, um, you know, they were talking about coming to the Lakers. I didn't get all the details. It sounded like if he came to the Lakers, like they really couldn't pay him that much or something. So it doesn't seem like it would be that smart. Um, but it was out there. I mean, the, the NBA season, like, I'm not going to discount anything in the NBA silly season because we've seen some crazy stuff happen. You know, right. like I don't, I, I'm not someone that's going to 
analyze the contracts and when you have like that stuff bores me like you're like well, it this, feels like it's a prereq for being an nba fan these days you have to understand these days like, to understand what like a mid-level exemption means right and I, expiring I, contracts come on i just I, no, don't care no i don't care and it's honestly it's like divorced me from the sport in an even greater way than it used to like i was a i was like a pretty big lakers fan up until um up until 2004 um but I don't know. It didn't feel like this like kind of contract math was such a big part of it at that point. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of the CBAs soon thereafter where it was like all these different exemptions got thrown in there. And I was just like, I, don't, I can't, can't do it, man. It's because yeah, you get, you get Russell Westbrook and like, you basically can't get rid of him. Yeah. Or it's, it's almost impossible. And you're like, okay. I mean, it seems like a lot of fun. Like people get really into it. I just like, I don't have the attention to devote to that anymore. No. Um, and, and it seems like it's such a major part of following the sport these days. And what I don't understand too, is like, there would be like, uh, oh, this like six ten guy who had a really good season who's okay. And they give him like some max contract and then he stinks. And you're like, this, now you're like this four year bubble. Well, of that, like, was, the- that was whatever it was. The, I don't know, CBA in like 2014 or something where all of a sudden the cap went like up like $25 million. And so all these guys were just getting stupid contracts. Like Aaron Aflalo was getting paid like sixteen million dollars a year, and I'm like, I, I love Aaron Aflalo. He's a great UCLA player. No way he should ever be making this much money. Yeah, um, I think Westbrook's getting like forty seven. Yeah, so. he's getting like insane money, and it's great. Like, I think he opted in so like forty seven. Like it was something so big. You're like, I mean, I've been, I went to like nine Laker games this year, and he was pretty bad in all of them, but what one? You, you know? went to nine Lakers games this uh-huh. year. Why? Uh, I was getting, I got hookups. But why? It's fun. Look, I get hookups to go to games. It's called a press pass, and I still don't go to most of them. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. I got, I got a buddy that works there, and you know, he provides me some, some tickets and stuff, and uh, wow, free beer. I guess it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I like. I mean, it's it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do. Um, when you have an opportunity to, like, I don't usually, I would usually go to one a year or maybe one every other year, but like, basically there's like tickets just right there. I'm like, okay, I'll go. My know. opposition to live sporting events has become, I think my most curmudgeonly aspect. You, like, I'm just like, no, I'll watch that on TV. It's better. I don't, I can't even watch the games on TV. Because no, no, no. I, I should say, <laughs> I'm not going to watch this under any circumstances. I'm certainly not going to drive to whatever Staples Center is called now and go hang out there. Right. Uh, I did. I went to a bunch this year, and Westbrook was pretty bad in all of them. But you just don't. I, and, and then they keep signing these people that are like, they're not like household names. These huge contracts. And you're like, how is that going to work out? Like even like they do that in the baseball. Um, you know, they they hire you know whatever like the ten year deal to the thirty six year old guy. You're like, what are you doing? Like, I get it. You want to get him in his final years of his prime, but there's gonna be like five years or six years. What? Pujols did that with the Angels, right? Yeah, like, Pujols. Um, he uh, was, I think, he was signed as a thirty-one or thirty-two-year-old to a ten-year deal. Yeah, when he was already like obviously declining. If right. you looked at his stats um, with St. Louis, that was when I stopped paying attention to baseball. Was basically at the Albert Pujols signing. It was so silly. Like some of that stuff is so silly. So yeah. I don't know. We've reached the point with baseball where I know basically no one's name. Like I know. I know Mike Trout. I know Shohei Otani. So I am an Angels fan, ostensibly an okay, Angels fan. Okay, yes. I know Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. 
I don't know that I can name another player on the team. Garrett Richards, is that one? I've, I, he was on the team. That at was one like time. a long time ago. I, I have no idea if he still is. Uh, like you know, a couple Dodgers players because they're big. You know, like the Kershaws and like sure, okay. Walker Bueller, yeah, Clayton like guys Kershaw. like that. You know, like um, Walker Bueller. I would not have. I I recognize it once you said it, but I would not have ever. Um, I know a couple like you know, like a Manny Machado with the Padres. Like, but I went to like a I went to a Dodgers game and I went to a Padres. So you game. can name other players and the teams they play for. I, 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 Aaron I, Judge, New York Yankee. Yeah, got that like, one. I mean, a couple of the big. No, no, I'm not kidding. Like that nobody. is nobody. Like I'm, I'm impressed that I got Aaron Judge. That's, that, yeah, he's a stud. I used to know the starting lineups for like every single it's, team. It's, it is amazing, you know. Like when I was like 15, I was the biggest goddamn baseball nerd. Now I know nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. But I went to, I think I went to one Dodgers game this year and one Padres game when I was in San Diego, and yeah, like I essentially know nobody. Like the Dodgers, you can, there's a couple guys, you know, because I've I've been to some games recently. But like, it's amazing. I'm like, I don't know who these people are, and like, I don't even know which, who's good. Like, I don't, I didn't know what people's records were and stuff. Like, I like, oh yeah, no, and I, so I, I typically like go to like one Angels game every year, but it's usually in April when nobody has like stats yet that tell you whether they're good or not. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if this is the B team. I don't know if these are if these guys are. I know there's Otani squad. <laughs> yeah, like I know. Like, is this training. still spring training? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like I know Otani. He hits dingers that I see on Twitter, but that's about it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, whatever. Okay, well, let's go to uh, Frank in Sacramento. His title of the email is the PED Olympics. Somebody last week asked a question about PEDs in sports. And Dave jokingly said, quote, everybody should be taking them. I don't know if he was joking. <laughs> that got me thinking. Why, do, why don't we create the PED Olympics? Uh, that's performance enhancing drugs, if you don't know. They would be sponsored by the drug companies instead of the different uh, countries. There would only be drug testing to make sure you were really doing heavy juicing. You could have the Pfizer team, the Glaxo team, the Johnson & Johnson team, etc. Each participant would be loaded up on roids or speed and then just cut loose. Who wouldn't want to see a swimmer rip through the water like a jet boat or Hussein Bolt type run the 100 meters in six seconds? Imagine high jumpers clearing 10 feet. I'd pay to watch that, Frank and Sacramento. That's what I'm saying. That's what you want to see? That's what I'm saying, man. Uh, I mean, I... Well, and also... um. I think you want to see the PED Olympics, you want to see the regular Olympics, and then you want to see the regular dude Olympics or the regular person Olympics. Right. Where it's just like people picked up off the couch asked to do these things. Like, could you pole vault if you if you gave it a good try? Like, yeah. Like, if you, if you worked on it for like a week, would you be able to pole vault? Like, not high, but like, would you literally just be able to do it? Or die or something. Yeah. Like stab yourself with right. people. Yeah. Like watching a bunch of regular people try to do a triathlon. Like where do you stop? When do you when do you just collapse? Probably is, fairly. Is it good. during the first part? Is it during the swim? <laughs> Could be. Was that um do you remember that show Pros versus Joe's? Yeah. Petro like Petros Puppet. I remember like reading some stories about that. And some of the guys like but these were like good athletes. Like the the Joes were like there's a lot of them that like oh they might have played like college basketball or right. something. They're trying, but it's like Herschel Walker, you know, like you're gonna get trucked. And right. uh so there were some really kind of interesting stories, like the competitiveness, like I think the producers would try to like, you know, make it worse. People got hurt. Like it was I have to go find the story again, but it was kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. For, I think that would be kind of funny to see. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, last one. This is from Ross. Utah coach. Hey, guys. Uh, with some rumblings about Urban Meyer possibly coaching again in college football and Witt possibly being done at Utah here soon, do you think Utah would reach out to Meyer and gauge the possible interest? Thanks. So it doesn't seem like a cultural fit. However, Urban Meyer has coached there before. True. Um, I haven't heard the rumblings of Urban Meyer coming back. No. I, I would think that could there could be rumblings. I'm not. My ear has not been to the ground uh, on all the rumblings. I think he might be done. I kind of think he's done. I mean, I kind of think Fox might even have issues bringing him back to yeah. the studio, like let alone running a college football program where you're in charge of young impressionable men that are trying to find their way in the world. I hadn't heard that Ross. Um, I don't, th- and I, and definitely the, the wit stuff has been like, I mean, he just signed a, he just, he got an extension in 2020. We talked about last week. He got another extension, a huge raise. Um, I mean, he could possibly leave at some point, but I would think, you know, certainly this year there, there's a great team. Maybe there's, some rebuilding that has to be done after that. Does he want to stick around for that? I don't know. But I wouldn't think that Urban Meyer, who Whittingham worked for, right? Like he was his defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I don't think that would be a, a good fit at this point. He's just the toxic toxicity around Urban Meyer, I think would be too much. Utah has all kinds of momentum, has this great culture. They, I think you would really upset the apple cart if you brought in somebody like Urban Meyer. Now, he wins college football games for sure, but holy cow, I just I don't think he's touchable right now. Agreed. Yeah. But thanks Ross for that. Um if if you did you google any Urban Meyer rumors or anything going on like He shot down something, but He did. Okay. So maybe there was the the rumblings. Um all right. Well, next time we talk, it'll be July and we'll be counting down towards Pac-12 Media Day. Maybe we can get like a John Wilner on and kind of yeah. Talk about that first year, tenure of George Klyakov getting ready for the media rights deals. He's been talking a lot of recruiting too with our friend Brandon Huffman. So, you know, we could even get his thoughts on some of that stuff. I think like there's been some, you know, momentum. I think Washington's built a little bit of momentum. Um, they might have had a little slower start, but I think they're starting to build some stuff up. Obviously there's a lot of uh positivity surrounding Oregon and and uh what Landanning's doing up there. You know, Utah's the the team to beat. I think this could be an interesting lead up to Pac-12 Media Day. I'm curious to see where, you know, who picks who to, um, you know, where they're going to finish and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't voting the last year or two. I asked them, so I think I think I'll be voting again. But I don't know. We'll I, see. I should be a voter. Do you ever like vote? Or I mean, you? I did once upon a time. You did, but then I stopped going to Pac-12 Media Day, and I think they told me to go myself. That they might have done that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'll reach out and say, "Hey, you know, hey, Dave Woods wants to vote. He'll definitely put something weird." Like I, I won't Colorado say Colorado. I'm not going to put something weird. I'm just going to put something right. Yeah. You know, if you think that's weird, maybe that's because you're a you know you're an orthodox thinker. I've been pretty good. My predictions like been pretty good. Um, some of the stuff in the middle, like last year, we nailed a lot of the stuff, like. I think we said Colorado would be terrible. Stanford would be terrible. Arizona would be terrible. Like, and you know what I'll say this year? Colorado's going to be even worse. Yeah, they will be worse. I did think Washington was going to be good, and they were terrible. So yeah. that was a one wrong one. Yeah, they were huge. I issues. thought USC would be okay, and they were terrible. But then, you know, they fired a coach two, two, two games in. Um, but I think I had Oregon and Utah 
which that was the right, you know. Where, where are you fishing this weekend, Ryan? I'm not fishing. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going. It's Fourth of July weekend. Correct. My cousin, uh, her and her family live out in Temecula. They just installed a pool that I was out there before, like a few months ago, like jackhammering, helping them like get rid of crap. So I put a little. I put a little elbow grease into to building this pool. So I'm going to go use the pool this weekend. Look at you. Yeah. What about you? I am going to North Carolina. I figured I would celebrate our uh, nation's Independence Day by going to a state that seceded from the Union. True. Also, birthplace of flight? Sure. Yeah. I think. That seems right. Kitty Hawk? I think so. I, I mean, know. some version of flight, right? That's where the they, Wright brothers they were. They had big right? balloons and shit before that. But the Wright like, brothers? Fixed wing? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think they had any fixed wing. Yeah. Not X-wing. Fixed wing. You know, we didn't get to talk about this last week. Did you watch Obi-Wan? I haven't. Oh, I did. I heard it was bad. I didn't think it was bad. Uh, six episodes. I heard it was, it wasn't that it was like, um, it wasn't that like the story was necessarily bad or that the acting was necessarily bad, but like it was shoddily made. Like apparently the special effects were shitty and um, the child actress was horrible. I thought she was bad. Okay. Um, yeah, there was like a chase scene. Apparently, so let me see if, if I say this, does this make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Um, it was initially designed as a movie that they then expanded to six episodes. Oh, maybe. I could probably see that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll watch it at some point. I just haven't done it yet. It's funny. Um, there's a, for the Princess Leia, she's like a 10 year old in the, and like a friend of a friend, um, she's a little person and I had met. And uh, I didn't know what she did, but she does like stunts and stuff. And she was like the stand-in for Princess Leia. Like when, yeah, there's a scene where, like in the first episode, you come in and you, you, the the mom thinks it's Princess Leia, but it's, it's really the stand-in. She's like dressed like a little alien. So I was kind of funny. I'm like, that was you. Like that's pretty funny. That's great. Um, but yeah, I didn't think the the actress. I actually talked to her about this. Um, like the chase scene didn't like they were chasing her around. It just didn't look realistic. It was it well, looked, that's so that it was, looked like Benny Hill. That's, yeah, chase. that's what I saw on Twitter was like just the way it was the literally the way it was shot and edited. It was like they didn't cut it correctly. Oh, because there's the scene where she goes under the branch, and then it, it filming the guy like running towards the branch, and then just but it, it shows him just fully stopping, and then it yeah. just cuts to her continuing to run as if that somehow would have blocked him. And it, it was cartoon like Home Alone or something. It was or, just stupid looking. It didn't look good. Um, I, if I know, I'm, I'm not looking for stuff like that, and I noticed it. So like, yeah. If you're like some cinematography or whatever, you're like, I should have shot that with the. I can't believe the filter they used on that. Like, no, I don't know any of that stuff. But it didn't look real. No, it looked like it was poorly edited. Like yeah. just nobody, nobody decided to chop that a little. It's like, earlier. it's a little kid, and like some big guys, like kind of you know, you know, sometimes when like there's like one you know kung fu guy and there's like 10 people around they always just fight them one at a time like it it just didn't look like that's not how it's gonna go down you know like it's gonna go to like there's three guys chasing this little girl and they're just like grab her you know but they're, they're like oh she turned I, now we're baffled or you know it was just kind of weird yeah it's not good but it was still like you got darth vader you got you know obi-wan you know you got a little Luke. You got a little Leia. Like there's the still more, like, the more I watch these Star Wars things, the more obvious it is that they are going to destroy this property. You think? Yeah, because they can't seem to tell an original story. It's all just like got to be some version of, um, uh, you know, fan service about Darth Vader or about the Skywalkers or some shit. 
the only one that like was a truly original story was the Mandalorian, but even the Mandalorian um then had to tie in like Luke Skywalker right. shit by the end of it. It's just yeah, you, you 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 could use this infinite universe of like, you know, lightsabers and and fucking magic wheelers and all this kind of stuff and just tell a different story. Yeah. Like you could you could not use the IP from 50 years ago and instead just like build something else in this universe but it just seems like there's um some very bad decision making at the front of this yeah did you end up seeing top gun i haven't yet it's so funny like i mean everyone loves i i thought it was cool you know it's just like it's there's a lot of nostalgic there i mean that it was a little too much um it was like tom cruise centric but you know it was like a lot of tom cruise like even him we might have talked about this like him sitting down giving you know telling you why he's appreciating you coming to the theater to watch this movie in the very beginning, like on a couch, like with a smoking jacket on and stuff. Um, but there's like this Death Star element to it too. You know, it's like, man, this thing has been played out. Like, I don't want to ever see another Death Star again. You know, like there's just too much of it. Yeah. Star Wars like beat the crap out of the Death we Star. We don't thing. need any more Death Stars. Yeah. Like there's so many. Like It's like little, you got to fly over this trench. Like, if, you're, like, if you're going to do a Darth Vader movie, do a Darth Vader horror movie. Like it's beautiful for that. Like the entire like I was reading about the plot of this Obi Wan movie and it's like or this Obi Wan show and it's like you've got this Inquisition thing that's in like the background. That's a great thing for a horror movie. Like Jedi getting hunted in like a you know, on some planet by right. some evil people. Like you could do some like gonzo horror stuff, but it just doesn't seem like there's much uh desire to break outside of the box at all. Yeah. I don't know. But it's still like what we talk it's like it's it's still pizza like yeah it's pizza's just still it, pretty good it's, you know? it's just so like the reason those marvel movies are sustainable in some way in a way that i don't think star wars is is that there's existing masses of creative stuff for them to pull from yeah because they've got all these comic books star wars doesn't have that so you, but like it seems like their solution to that is just keep telling more and more narrow slices of story about the exact same characters that we all know. Don't introduce anything new, ever. Like, the Obi-Wan shit, it's just, okay, this old guy who was in literally the the first movie and dies, where Darth Vader's saying to him, well, we meet again, like, as if they've not met. Like, what is this? Like, what is this supposed to be set? Like, eight years prior? Yeah. <laughs> no he just beat your ass like eight years ago and now he's suddenly ancient and it's just they were so desperate to um uh add a big name back you know get ewan mcgregor back and use existing um characters that they don't have to build that they're like okay we'll just do that and you know completely diminish all the import from these movies that are you know the class because like uh, revenge of the sith isn't a good movie but like that the the pathos and everything at the end when they're doing the little fight on Mustafar um and you know leaves him broken and you know burned off his legs and you know i mean probably some other parts of him um and uh he's just you know they're like turning into like this husk and he thinks he's dead and then he wanders off um you got a double tap by the way like i think obi-wan has twice i don't want to spoil anything but i think he's had a couple opportunities to double tap and hasn't you know? Yeah, what the hell? Like, like just you just, could have got rid of Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, but but that's but that also like that's that's diminishing of that character. Like, okay, the first time, okay, you think he's burning alive in in a pit of lava. That's one thing. But then the second time, you what? You just leave him on a planet. 
Like, oh, I beat your ass. Now, now you're gonna stop being evil. What? Yeah. Still, the and they, you know, it's funny. They reshow. So they shot some new scenes of like, uh, what was the actor that played um, Anakin, Hayden Christensen? Hayden Christensen. So they shot some new scenes with him. Like they were training and the fighting, and like when they're kind of like going at each other, they kind of go back to like the training and here's how Anakin messed up. You know, he was overconfident or whatever. So they kind of went back to that. So that was kind of cool to see some like old training stuff or whatever. But um, it's just, you know, that dynamic of the two of those guys fighting and Obi-Wan, like, it just seems like sometimes he was like weak and then sometimes he was really strong. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's like you were trying to shoehorn some concept in there and some of the stuff I think worked, but some of the stuff, I don't know. Did, I don't know if it did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think if they're going to continue to just like, um, just eat up all of these existing characters and all this existing shit forever, they they should just reboot the whole thing, like redo the prequels so they're actually good. Oh, like what like Spider Man does, like just start just, again. Just start again. Okay, I guess we're gonna just keep doing these exact same characters over and over again, tell the exact same stories, and like the, the, there's some uh, universality to these stories that you can just tell them again. I mean, it's the classic like hero's journey, the first movie, so you can do that again. Um, do it with new actors. Um, you know, just it's Shakespeare now. Fuck it, that's fine. But don't like this like mealy mouth stuff where we're just doing like little slices of this crap to just do some fan service to make some, you know, pushing 50 year old guys be like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this, too. No, no offense, right? It worked for me. Yeah, I know it did. Um, and it, look, I mean, at some level, it works for me, too. I'm just saying um, originality is fundamentally, I mean, it's better and healthier. Because, um, again, going back to the Marvel crap, all those movies are like super formulaic, right? Yeah, I, I don't get into those. I just but I feel like one, there's so many. I, but I can't. each one is a new thing. Like it's a new story. Okay. It's not it's not like uh we're gonna oh this was oh Iron Man. Okay, so now we're gonna do a story about John Favreau's character in Iron Man. Um, you know, we're gonna do we're gonna do a movie about him. Oh, you know what? Now we need to do a Jeff Bridges origin story about the big bald guy who's evil. Um, because maybe he's not so evil. Um like it's not like that. It's okay, we're gonna now adapt this comic we're gonna adapt this one and i didn't yeah. I've, i haven't read any of those stupid comics i have no idea <laughs> but you can see it in the movies themselves like each one each one of these characters has a has a history that's not seen right here um that there is some like depth to the character yeah that is already present they have an actual defined personality and all this other stuff whereas the only text for obi-wan kenobi is a new hope and then the shitty prequels and it's just like this is it's just uh, it's a human centipede of content. The uh, I've seen commercials for like the Thor. I haven't seen any of the Thor movies or anything like Love and Thunder. I mean, it looks to, to a it looks awful to me. Like it just looks so, like I would not watch that. So the funny thing about the Thor movies is um, the last one. Th- so Thor Ragnarok. I think if if you were um, if you were just dropped into the Marvel universe to watch one movie, that's the one I think you would walk away and say, hmm, that was a really funny and good movie. Okay. Like you would walk away and be like, okay, I, I don't need to know anything else. That was really funny and good. Um, the other ones, like, they're all so connected right. that, like, jumping in and trying to watch. Like, I can't do that. Just jumping in and trying to watch, like, Age of Ultron, you'd be like, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> like, what the hell are these people doing? Why does this matter? Um, but there's a few of them that are, like, I think legitimately, like, decent movies. That one, 
probably the first Guardians of the Galaxy is just kind of a Gonzo sci-fi movie. Okay, it's pretty good. Um, I didn't even know that was tied into that. Then it then they did at some point they tied it in. It was tied in. Oh, um, it was okay. It was tied in, but it was um, it was uh, just. I mean, it was basically it was just kind of a, a action sci-fi comedy. Family like Guy kind of made fun of it once. They they he loves doing all the like comic book stuff, and I think they were having like some of the Avengers there, and it was like, is it Black Widow, like the yeah. girl, and like, what's your power? She goes, I kick, and they're like. Yeah, none of us can kick, you know, <laughs> like, like something like that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, the guy who shoots arrows. Um, yeah, but um, anyway, Star Wars. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm getting more and more mad on it over time. Like, it just does not seem like they're using that using it the way they. You should, should watch it though. Let's. I'm going to. I still haven't watched uh, Stupid Boba Fett. What? I watched like the first two episodes, and then I was like, oh, "This is kind of stupid," and I don't want to watch it. I don't know. I, maybe I, I'm just, I like that. Maybe I'm better. just becoming an old man. The the Mandalorian Boba Fett stuff is it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like the the Mandalorian character. I like that guy. He was in uh, like Narcos or whatever. Like, um, wait, but he's not even in. He's not even in it yet. When I stopped, like it was episode two of Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett. Yeah, but for Mandalorian, like, well, Boba know. Fett becomes the Mandalorian over the last like two episodes. Like, it's basically just that show. Right. He's that like one. Yeah, one episode was like. All Mandalorian. I'm like, this is like Mandalorian season, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, we just went to like 15 minutes at the end of just like nonsense. Yeah. At least you it's you know what we're going to get? We're going to get a bunch of people pissed off. They're going to be like, you spoiled Obi-Wan for me. It's like, whatever. I tried not to be a spoiler. Or Spoilers are so the, the small rant, small, small okay. before we leave. Um, the idea that spoilers actually spoil anything is stupid. Okay. It's stupid. It's a dumb idea. You're a baby brain. Okay, so... I can know the entire plot of a movie before I watch. In fact, I often do, and it makes the movie more enjoyable. I, okay, I would say... I think what we talked about was sort of like just generic stuff. Like, you know there's going to be a little chase scene. A little anticipation never hurt anybody. But if you said like, oh, by the way, Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's father. Like, I think that would be kind of... that's a spo- To me, that's a spoiler. Sure. Spoiler okay. Alert, okay. Okay. But does it diminish your enjoyment of the film? Well, if I knew that going in, like, that so is your entire mad. reason to go watch a movie being surprised? Like, oh shit! I want to be completely blown away and not have any idea what what comes next because I am a baby. No, I think there's certain aspects though that like you would rather not know. Like, if you know who committed the murder or whatever ahead of time, and you kind of watch the movie differently. Um, yeah, you watch it a little bit differently. You That's would right. watch, you would watch it differently, um, but I think it's a there's an experience so the, with the, not the, knowing something that you watch it a certain way, and then the, when you rewatch it, you get that experience. There are know? movies that are built on surprise, and so yes, like to an extent, like The Sixth Sense. Like if you knew, if you know he's dead. If yeah. you know he's dead going in, it Spoiler changes alert. it changes the way the movie. No, fuck that. That movie is 25 <laughs> years old. Um, no, if you know he's dead going in, then it does change the way. But there are so few movies that are built like that. We're not where who's dead? We're not. Where we're not Bruce Willis's character is dead from the start of that fucking movie. Um, but uh, if you know that they're dead, or you know that there's some twist coming, yeah, it can change your enjoyment of the movie. But those movies are so few and far between. The way spoiler gets applied now is, right. oh, this thing happens in that movie, and oh my god, you just ruined the movie for. Oh, that there's an action scene between Obi Wan and Darth Vader ruined that show for you, right? Is your brain literally made out of mush? <laughs> right. I, and I, I, why do you think they're getting Obi Wan and Hayden Christensen back for this show? Yeah, 
Um, no, and I, I agree with you. I don't think we said anything that was like a super. No, 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 but I guarantee. Someone might be upset that we said something that they didn't know yet. No, no, but, no, but people not. think spoiler is revealing literally anything about the plot of a movie right. or a show. And it's like, these aren't spoilers. This isn't spoiling anything for you. It's 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 maybe slightly changing your level of anticipation for certain parts of the movie. Yeah. Princess Leia wore shoes. Sorry. Just yeah, dude. Let you know. Yeah, there was a really stupid <laughs> scene where she's running around and people are chasing her. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hope you enjoyed the show up until the last 15 minutes or so. Now, people like this kind of stuff. We're just They love it. Chatting. Yeah, or at least some of them do. Uh, well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, that is David Woods over there sitting right next to me. I am Ryan Abraham, and we are the podcast of champions. What is it? Th- was it often imitated, never, uh, never duplicated? Duplicated, yeah. We, I don't think we're imitated. I don't think people want to imitate us. But why the fuck would they? I think because we were just so bad at our jobs that it, we spawned other Pac-12 podcasts, which is fair. I wouldn't I think say that's it, imitated. I th- yeah, though. no, it was it was responses. It was like, uh, wow, if these guys can do it, anybody can. Right, exactly. Or wow, I, I need to, like, I have a day job. I've got a lot of things to do, but these guys are so bad. Our, our league can't look this bad. We need to We need to make our own podcast. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Uh, Nobody does it better. <laughs> one of those, one of the greater Bond songs, uh, the, uh, the Spy You Love Me. Uh-huh. Very good. If you like Oh, Bond. that new James Bond is on uh, Amazon. Oh, is it? Yeah, I haven't watched it. I've, I've, I've tried to watch the new ones. I think I've watched like three of them. There was like Casino Royale. I, I I stopped at, I think, Quantum of Solace. I think that was number two. I think I did watch Quantum of Solace, and then there's one more I think I watched. So, But I wanted to try to see all the ones. He's a good Bond. I like him. He's you great. Know. Yeah. Uh, sweet. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, for David, I am Ryan. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.